Blog Talk Radio. Housewitches. My name is Raina Starr. I'm your host. Desperate Housewitches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you. Desperate Housewitches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your supplies. All right, with me for the hour is a favorite and a standing member around here, the amazing Asterian astrologer, Jade Soluna. Hey, Jade. Thank you for having me again. I consider this my home show. Love coming on it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I missed you when you're not here. I've been very lucky this year because you've already been on. This is your second show this year already. I'm um, hoping to add more after that, but... Uh, of course, you know, I'm always delighted any time you have time to be on because life must be very busy for you on multiple fronts. It is. As a matter of fact, we just kind of rolled in from Texas, and uh, right after the show we're heading to Phoenix. Uh, it's been it's been busy. It's been very busy, but it's been very active, and it's fun. You know, um, when I was 17 and I just started learning astrology, and then – what I mean, astrology, I mean this system. Now, I was a Western astrologer uh, at age mm-hmm. 14, and I went to, when I went to India, I started learning about Vedic astrology, and then over time I started putting Asterian astrology together through uh, translating various texts in India. Not a very difficult thing to do, but when I started learning Vedic astrology, especially at this time in my life, I was, a, I was already an astrologer. That's how I was making a living. But at that time, mm-hmm. I was a musician first and an astrologer second. So I started learning mm-hmm. Vedic astrology, and I started looking at my chart, and there's phases in, in life which we call them dashas. Dasha means your life is going to be ruled by a planet in your chart for a period of time, and that one, a period of time can be anywhere from six years up to 20 years. Uh, sun dasha, major phase, lasts for six. Mm-hmm. Venus dashas last for 20. So I remember being 17 in India. You know, At that time, I was doing everything I could to be a rock star, as I was watching my astrology job just kind of materialize like right in front of me, and that was due to Courtney Cox, actually. We talked about that before. She advertised me, and I just mm-hmm. was watching my career as an astrologer blow up. But here it was when I was 17 looking at the year 2022 for myself. I'm getting ready to mm-hmm. start a moon dasha, means a 10-year phase ruled by the moon. And the moon in my chart is in possibly the most public house out of all the 12 signs. Well, actually, out of the 12 houses, it's in the 11th house. House that deals with public and groups and all that. I remember being 17 going, oh, my God, I'm going to have to wait until 2022 to enter that phase uh-huh. of my life. And it was, it was heartbreaking. Uh-huh. I, I can't explain when, the way I viewed astrology that time of how fatalistic Vedic astrology was. And now here I am, and I'm actually watching it happen. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, how amazing <laughs> is astrology? But I remember being so upset. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be an old man when I go into Jack's phase <laughs> that I need right now when I'm 17. And, and sure enough, how the universe orchestrated everything and how this whole thing you know, started with music again in my life, here it is. And, and yeah. it's just time is so linear and moves so quickly. I remember those thoughts like they were like five days ago. But, yes, that, yep. was, that was a while ago. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's very interesting. It's a great phenomenon. The older you get, the more the term old changes and gets pushed out. It's an amazing thing. It's, you know, it's a very interesting subject, and, it, and it, I've spent a week talking about it, especially being on a tour, you know, 
where you're touring with other bands and obviously the age card will come up like, you know, what do you think about age? And, yeah. you know, if I didn't have a teacher in India, this is really important. Like, I, I think this is one of the most important things I heard from my teacher. Now, the inner experience I had with him far superseded words, but when it came to the intellectual words, he would say, age is a demon. It's there to try to mm. stop you from mm-hmm. doing anything because you're, there's a part of your subconscious that doesn't want liberation. It wants to keep reincarnating over and over and over. He said that's really what you would call the devil inside of a person. It's a laziness that doesn't want to do anything because there's also another wow. part of you that wants to get out of here really quick. It wants liberation. It wants infinite light, infinite joy. And so he said the belief in age comes out of the darkest sphere in your nature because its goal is to stop you from doing the things that you enjoy doing. And he says it's a belief. It's technically not your body. It's a belief. And he would say you can choose mm-hmm. to believe in age or not. Now, my last conversation, this is – I've said it before. I'm going to say on the show again. My last conversation with my guru, he said, I want you to westernize yourself now. You've been in India. I mean, when I've lived in India, I'd cry about not being an Indian in this life, literally. I'm like, why am I not an Indian? I live, function, breathe like I am an Indian. And he would say, yeah. well, you were born in a Western body for a very specific reason. And, and he goes, also, mm-hmm. I want you westernizing your Kali worship. I want you to, to, to move into a Western route. Hence, Hecate came in my life right, right there and then. Um, mm-hmm. But he also said, I would like you to go back and do the things that you were doing before you found me. Those things led you here. And I said, but I was doing music then. And he was like, well, I wouldn't mind you going back and doing music. You've got a nice job as an astrologer now. Why don't you go back and do music? And I'm like, well, at this time, I'm like, well, I'm 36 going on 37. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm run- I, and that's when he gave me that talk I just gave you. He said, what, you, you, you're too old to do, to do music? No. He said, if you believe that, you can. You can, you can believe that if you want, but then it wins. He says that that darkness in you then wins, and then it will stop you from doing things that you need to do in this life, and then you'll have to reincarnate in future lives to do them. Why not do it all now? Age is not a factor. And I said, Bao, I don't know if you actually understand the West. It is a factor, and he yeah. stopped because it is not. It only is if you believe that it is. And so mm-hmm. – Mm-hmm. Okay, so I had to take his words very serious. So I come back from India. This is my last trip I saw him. He was on his deathbed when I saw him. When I came back from India, I, ha- I mean, I'm, at that time I was booked about four months out too, giving readings, and, and I'm giving a reading to yeah. this this girl, and she goes, did you once do like dark electronic music? I think you even do these like weird chanting CDs, like these kind of like, dark chanting CDs. And like, are you into electronic music at all? I'm like, yeah, no, I actually am pretty equipped in doing electronic music. I know what I'm doing with it. And she said like, could you put a little demo for me together? I just got hired by Cleopatra Records and I'm an A&R rep and I need to go out and find electronic musicians. And I went, okay. Wow. So I give her a demo. <laughs> this is right on, I, can't, I just got back from India. I give her. I just had this conversation mm-hmm. with my guru. I give her my demo. Cleopatra Records contacts me within 40 hours and says and sends me a record contract. And <laughs> it was so. I thought it was fake. I didn't even open the email. I'm like, that's fake. We we want to sign you. I'm like, okay, makes no sense. So I, I just went on my and, and it literally went on two days. And finally, she sends me a text. Says, can you get address that email? They want to sign you. I'm like, so that's real. I open up and there's a record contract there. <laughs> okay, that, that's not even the weirdest part of this whole thing. Okay, so there's a record contract there. And I'm talking to Carrie. She's the one that got me this record deal. I'm signing this contract. And she said, do you go to a place in India called Meherbad? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, we have the same guru. Wow. I never knew that. And she didn't know that. means my guru fully arranged this <laughs> on his deathbed. <laughs> Wow! It was fully arranged. It was, we literally sat there with me and Carrie in total utter shock that this mm-hmm. just happened, and Bao had just passed on. Bao told me to go back into music, not to worry about my age. And I said no, because when I if this thing starts to happen, I'm going to be in my 40s. You know, when this thing unravels, and here it all is. And this is all a manifestation of that conversation. So. 
why am I so secretive about my music project is because, you know, you have to understand Agora. You know, I mean, Agora is my spiritual path. You know it. We've talked about this for a decade. Sure. You know, Agora yeah. has three branches. One is devotion to death. What I mean by devotion to death is you have to overcome your fear of death in your lifetime. Now, this is this is really deep agora I'm going to talk about here just for a minute. The, be, the belief in agora is that at the age of four to seven, your subconscious mind realizes you have to die one day. It means this body has to go. And the second you realize that you have to die, your, your personality starts to formulate from that unconscious awareness. So your whole mm-hmm. personality is an expression of how you're going to die. And you express yourself in a way that deals with that subconscious energy. Like they say as an agora, like if someone's very quiet in their life, they'll often handle their death in a very quiet way. If someone's very loud and boisterous, that's how they're going to be dealing with their death. I don't want to die. Uh, They're going to be very loud about your whole personality stems from this. So if you can become peaceful with death, your personality becomes peaceful. You become a very awake, very conscious person. You live without fear. And you can start working on the deeper mysteries of who you are. Devotion to death. And how do we devote ourselves to death? Well, you use Kali or Shiva in, in, that, in India for that. I pick Kali. Uh, I, I've always picked the Divine Feminine. The first tattoo I ever got when I was 16 said, Mother Universe. I still have it to this day. I, don't, I didn't even know what I was saying then. I do now. But we are formulating our full personality around how we die and devoting yourself to Kali or the Dark Mother. This is why I only embrace the dark forms of Hecate. I don't really care about her light forms. Um, Other people are Uh really good at handling that energy, and they should go forward in that, and that's what their path to her is, and it's real, it's valid. Mine is about the darkest Mm -hmm. parts Mm -hmm. of her, because how we overcome our fear of death is going into these dark goddesses, and, and literally going into the deepest, more, most dark places in her that contain the most fear that we have as human beings because if we can clear our fear, fear out there, we clear out our fear of death and we clear out all these deep subconscious fears and it allows us to have a more abundant and more fulfilling life. So devotion to death, we use Mother Kali for that. I use Hecate for that now. The second mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. sin, like if you want to call it that. Now, India does use terms like that. We think it's a Christian term, but it's not. I mean, there are things that you can do in your life that create bad karma for you. Now, here's where this is tricky, is what creates bad karma for one person doesn't create bad karma for another person. It's a very individual matter. What is the darker thing inside of your nature that needs to be expressed? Well, in Agora, we believe that there has to be experienced an equal amount of light and an equal amount of dark in your lifetime. And that we have to express some type of negativity because it does have a response that's negative, which we grow from. So we do things in our life and create certain things because we grow eventually from that. It's called untangling your knots. We do things karmically. Mm -hmm. Some things are good. Some things we don't like. But when that karma comes back, we have to untangle that knot. And we we gain power from untangling negative knots that we create for ourselves. And that's why sometimes we have to do negative things. Well, the expression of sin is a part of agora. means alcohol is a big part of agora. Marijuana is a big part of agora. Um, you know, and there's some graphic things that agoras will do. You can, if you learn about agoras, I mean, there's some agoras that not only like meditate on top of dead bodies, some of them will have sex with dead bodies. As, I mean, these are things that I personally don't really feel drawn to I'm drawn to the energy of that. I instead express that side of myself through music. So this music project is the expression of the darkest part of my nature. And if we clear that out of ourselves, then it – and we accept that part of ourselves, then it starts to turn into light, not dark. So I – had to look into myself and say, what's the darkest thing in me? If I, ever, if I had to really go in there, I'm like, what is, what's the most malicious, dark, 
evil thing in me. And I remember right away when I was a kid and I saw the movie Conan the Barbarian. Um, and Conan was this, you know, this warrior killing people. Um, that's not what I was attracted to. That wizard is who I was attracted to. <laughs> that man that was, that was the first character I'd ever seen that I'm like, I can identify with that, and I don't know why. I was a kid. I mean, I was a young kid when I saw that. And I'm like, I can relate to that person. In me is a black magician. There is one in me. He's dark. And if there's something that's ever pulled on my shadow side, it's been around magic. So I create a character around that and, and express that character through music. And so um, Doc Luna, as an example, is an expression of what I would say the darkest energy inside of me. And that's why the music is malefic. I mean, it's, it's violent. It's supposed to be. There is no chance of this going in towards any type of light direction because I'm trying to purify and accept every aspect of my nature. And I think creative energy is one of the greatest ways to actually do that. And that's why I even believe my project's going to get darker as I get older, not lighter. I think it's going to get darker um, because of the fact that it's such a part of my spiritual expression. So embracing sin and finding outlets for, the, for your sin or, your, or again, your, your darker shadow self. That might be a better way of saying it. Yeah. That's what that part is. Mm-hmm. And the third branch of Agora is you have the meditating on death. You have the embracing of your shadow self and finding ways to express it in ways that are convenient for you. And the third one is focusing on, on destroying pride. And are, we have, and this is the big part of spirituality, and, this, and you'll see me just plain out, stay away from it. There's a, oh, I'm a light worker. I am this, <laughs> I am that, I am this, which means people literally create the concept of evil just so they can give their false ego something to do. Like, oh, I'm out there defeating demons. I'm out there defeating, and, and these are people that haven't dealt with their ego yet. So we see the light ego as a stain and the reason why Agora believes the light ego is a stain is because if you attach to it, you'll keep reincarnating just to express, oh, look how important I am. I'm a light worker. Let me create evil where there isn't just so I can, oh, go destroy demons that don't even exist. We don't like people expressing that light body. <laughs> we don't mm-hmm. because we believe that that keeps someone you know, stuck in their ego. The, the, the real spiritual side of our nature doesn't really gravitate towards things like that. And so you've seen me even veer away from stuff like that. You know, I mean, I, I've had people recently say, God, right when you were giving seminars and giving tours on embracing the dark mother, all of a sudden you shift gears and you're a musician all of a sudden. It's like, it's because I don't like that feeling of people, you know, oh, you're so important. You're so amazing. Look, I mean, that in India is like being beat with shoes when people talk about you that way. Mm-hmm. Not that... I don't value myself and have confidence in who I am, which I do, and I believe there is a part of me very much connected to all those things, but I don't need that to have an expression. So my music project, you know, it, it also defeats that concept that, oh, he's, you know, he's a light worker out there. No, I'm not. <laughs> Nothing like that. I'm trying to gain consciousness, yeah. overcome my fears, and live to my fullest. Yeah. It's amazing. So, you know, and this is something I've wanted to ask you for a really long time. You're very self-realized. You, you see what's happening. You know what's going on inside of you. And you're able to handle the things and express the things that you need to to clear out your negativity and your darkness and all of these things that are looked at as, you know, the shadow self, the dark self, the things that people don't want to admit they have. But most people are not self-realized like that. And I was wondering, is it possible for folks who don't know uh, how to express that dark part of themselves, who may not even realize uh, a lot of the things we're talking about, uh, is there still a way for them to come out of this um, with somehow another version of that knowledge and being able to deal with that darkness that we have to deal with so we don't have to keep coming back. Well, and that's the work of the dark mother right there. This mm-hmm. is the advantage. This is why, you know, like I, I'm not, I have no interest in goddesses of light, zero, because you're already one with light. You just don't know it. 
and your shadow is the part that isn't allowing you to experience it. So you don't really need to focus on light. You already are it. You just don't know. And so mm-hmm. the Dark Mother and her worship is very specific. If it's done to, to understand your darkness, she'll open up those portals mm-hmm. for you. That's exactly what she's meant to do. She's, I call her the giant shovel, just scooping shit out. That is what she's meant to do. You know, and so when people are, yeah. are attached to her in a light way, I'm like, you're missing the opportunity for her to scoop that shit out. These, these light identities that we create out of our own ego are so detrimental to our consciousness because it keeps giving our ego something to attach to. And so when you're really dealing with the dark mother and her shadow forms, first of all, let me just tell you the most amazing thing about the shadow work in relationship to Hecate or Kali. She created all that shit in the universe. She already, she already accepts that in you. <laughs> she, she needs to get it out so you can go back home, you know. But she, this is, you're not dealing with force. It's like, oh, I can't believe you did that. Oh, my God. You do that mm-hmm. when you're by yourself? Oh, my God. You, uh, she's created that, all that stuff. You know, she's a part of that world. She, uh, she, she's not angry at anyone for it. So she is the, if you, the real true annihilator in the universe is forgiveness. Because if you can forgive yourself and just let everything go and even accept that everything's okay, you are then distinguishing negative energy in you and also negative energy in other people. So, but she's, she's forgiven. She, I don't even like that word because it's, it's such, it has a Christian intonation to it. But nevertheless, if we can't, mm-hmm. if we we're dealing with a mother that already, she created all this shit. So she's not angry about anything. She's not upset about anything. Mm-hmm. She is there to scoop that stuff out. She does not care. She, she or, I mean, she doesn't care about what you've done. She's, I mean, I can't even tell you stories in my life as being an astrologer. You know, I'll, I'll tell you just one. I, and, and because I can also accept people for who they are, and, and I've been stretched to the limit, especially that we're in a world where politics is really stretching people to that limit as well. But I had a girl yeah. uh, about 10 years ago come to me for a reading and tell me she killed two of her children. When she was younger. And um, I had an hour to get her to forgive herself for doing it. An hour. And it worked. It worked. I was able to clear that right out of her. That is how deep this actually goes. I mean, because here I am in an office giving a reading, and some woman starts to cry. She said, I've never told anyone this in my entire life. I'm going to tell you right now. My husband was in Vietnam. She was an older lady. So, I mean, she's been holding on this for a Mm -hmm. long, long time. And he said, I absolutely do not want kids. He came back from Vietnam. They had sex. She got pregnant. And contacted him when he was in Vietnam and said, I'm pregnant. He says, I'm never coming back. We had an agreement. He said, do whatever you can to get rid of it. Now, he, what he did not know, because he'd been gone for a while, the child was already born. She didn't tell wow. the whole part yet, so she killed the child. And you want to know what's crazy? <laughs> the same thing happened mm-hmm. again. And she did the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, she killed two of her children. Two. And I had an hour, one hour, to get her to go live a normal life after this. And, and that's what the work was. Well, I don't think anyone could have – there's very few people on this earth could have actually sat in that office for that long. And, yeah, there's a feeling of disgust that hits you for about a minute. And then you start understanding karma and what goes on in this world, and you understand. I did have empathy for her emotional state. She was at the shoe at the time. My husband was everything. I, w- I didn't want to lose him at all. There was no part of me want to lose my husband, and she, that was more important. Yeah. But she was wailing, crying, wailing. I'm, I'm not talking about. I mean, I had. I. I. There's moments where I'm not going to be able to stop her because this, this was being released in my office, <laughs> and someone was going to. Someone was going to accept all of her today, all of her, and that was what my job was to do. And and that's what I did. And that is, in my opinion, some of the hardest work you can actually do is through acceptance and forgiveness. When you forgive, you annihilate the energy of that energy, of that negative energy or that negative charge. But this job and that part of my work is heavily connected to this astrology part. I heavily connect to the first leg of Agora. 
um, which is about being devotional to the shadow self. All my work, I believe, astrologically is getting people in touch with their shadow and getting people to overcome their fears and whatever they are. And I use astrology as the core medium to help me do that because it shows me where their fears are. So that comes right from that leg. And then it's fun. After I've done that for a while, then it's time to go express this the shady character in my nature, that shadow self, and go have a blast with it, you know, and just have this, this amazing fun with it. And this is, this is living life in a very full way for me, and it is very expansive, and, and uh, you know, I, I can see even the next 10 years of, of my life being some of the deepest work I've ever had in this stuff. Wow. So, well, because the deeper you get people, go, the more, I mean, you're constantly digging up more, you know, it's kind of like that thing where, you know, you're taking stuff out of a bag and you think the bag's empty, but there's more and there's a lot more. And sometimes <laughs> it's harder to get out than the stuff you already took out. So it, isn't it this constant process that you're working through and will until you drop this physical body? That's correct. And, and you're only experiencing, uh, uh, this is what they say in Buddhism, one human being has 17,000 heads. You're only dealing with one of them in your lifetime. And it goes on and on, the layers of work. This is why the Dark Mother is so important. So to, to really be direct with your, your question about how can someone really touch into that, well, well that's what the Dark Mother's for. She was that shit scooper. That is her job. And she loves that work. She wants to be a part of that. That's why I'm saying that people are only focusing on her light form. You're missing out entirely what this goddess is about. And this is why like, I'm worshiping Hecate Antonia, possibly one of the darkest forms of Hecate you can possibly imagine. There's even moments where I'm like, wow, man, this is intense, especially in a world that's nuts. And you're, you're worshiping the form oh, yeah. of Hecate that actually hates mankind. Now, she doesn't hate mankind, but a part of her does. Just like there's a part of you that loves mankind, there's a part of you that hates mankind. It's inside of all of us. Yep. I can feel it too. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And so oh, she absolutely. has that side. It is, def- it is absolutely the darkest form of Hecate. Well, let me refrain. Hecate Idenia was really dark. Um, a different type of darkness than Hecate Antonia. Uh, Idenia mm-hmm. had one form of her that it would terrify people. I, I, I'm not joking. I invoked her. I used to draw, I, they, we say sigil, but it's sigil in Latin because cheese or different uh-huh. what people are familiar with. But I would, I used to uh-huh. sleep in a coffin. I did this for three years. Yep. Uh, and I had a bunch of people around me about when I would do it in the day, which I'm so happy because when you say something like that, they're like, oh, can you verify that? Yeah, I, I knew a ton of people there. And they would all come in my, into my altar room and see this coffin there and I sleep in it. And I would draw uh, sigils on the top of the coffin when I'd close it and then I would draw one on my body. And this is when I was incredibly, you know, focused on ritual and I'd close that yeah. coffin. And, and so, and then I would do mantras in it. And, and this, this was a ritual that would go on every night. And it, it sometimes would produce incredible nightmares. Like in nightmares were a part of this because she ruled over night terrors. Hecate ruled over night, night, night terrors. So it's like if a kid has night terrors, it's because more than likely when he died, his life before could have been untimely. And if we die untimely, we see Hecate first. It's the first face we see. So if a kid has night terrors, it's because Hecate is kind of rolling around and is reminding him of his death of his past life. That's the most common wow. form of it. I had them when I was younger. And so I knew Hecate was always around me because of this. I had incredible nightmares when I was a kid. So this was inducing nightmares, this particular thing, because – we have to learn to be conscious. This is a deep mystical training here of learning to have some power over your dreams so you can use a nightmare to clear out a bunch of negative energy at one time. But there was a form of I did the I denia that was so horrifying, <laughs> I swung that coffin open. It was still in my uh-huh. body, and I, was, I started swinging around. I was partially asleep, and I woke up, and I was knocking my curtains down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. I was—I mean, I got out of the coffin and started, started swinging. It was—I just felt a thousand screaming souls coming out of her. Um, it was something that was so otherworldly, um, and it was the form I was worshiping at that time. And it—I w- I can't even put the put words into what I felt. It was so. And then the next night, I'm like, "Let's go back. Let's do that again." <laughs> 
And I would the, these nightmares would go on. I had some of the craziest nightmares. The scariest one I ever had was um, I remember I was buried, and I, I, and I was I, I was I was telling Hecate, I'm like, you know what? I haven't had a real intense negative dream in a long time. Can we can we do something about this? Because I want to do some work. There's some work in gaining consciousness during a nightmare that we, we use in Agora. So we invoke these energies into our body to provoke that, including eating salt before you go to bed, which can induce nightmares. So we do all these crazy things. Really? So we remain, yes. So we could be conscious wow. during our nightmares so we could act and clear out the deep shadow stuff that exists at nighttime. But I had a, a, a good month of no nightmares, just just dry, my Let's. What is this? Let's do something. I'll never forget it. So all of a sudden, I go to sleep. I wake up, and I'm buried, neck down, and only my head's hanging out of the sand. And I see Hecate from a distance. And you know right away there's a feeling in a nightmare you can't explain. You already know you're in one. It doesn't even matter what's happening. There could be roses everywhere, but you can still yep. feel a nightmare. You're in one. And she starts running up and running at me at like a really quick speed, grabs my head and pops it right off my shoulders. And, I, and she's holding my head like Collie, looking at me, says, you can still see everything, can't you? And I panic in the dream because I could still see with my head off. And again, coffin opened up, swinging around, and all of a sudden I woke up from it like, oh, fuck, you got me. <laughs> that was horrifying. <laughs> the scariest dream I've ever had in my entire life. I said, Oh, I'll, I might not ask for that in that intensity ever again. Yeah, she popped my head off, and I could still see and and had a, had like sight with no head. I was being you know decapitated. It was nuts. Um, but we believe that nightmares clear out your karma in the day. So in, there was a belief in agora in ancient time that if you had a nightmare, it means you were spared from something happening dark in your day. Meaning, let's just say it was your time to have something bad happen to you that day, where Hecate would be like, you know what, let's pass that. But they have to experience the karma of that, so go give them a nightmare so they have, the, have that happen in their dream state. So this is why, you know, you hear night terrors connected to Hecate. If you dig deep, you can run into these types of things because her connection at night is about doing a lot of clearing. That's amazing to me because I had night terrors, no shit, until I was in my 50s. And when I really fully accepted her into my life, all of a sudden, the nightmares went from every single night to maybe once every few months. I mean, this is how different my life has been uh, since she came into it. So it's been really fascinating because she treats everyone individually, uh, you know, everyone to their ability, which I find amazing. It doesn't mean she's not working at me and sometimes beating me up. For example, and you and I talked about this, um, my spouse was almost killed in an accident a couple of months ago. And when he was still on a, a ventilator and tubes everywhere and, you know, the first stages where you don't know if your loved one is going to make it, And I kept hearing, let go, let go, and I was terrified. I'm like, is this my fault? Because the first thing you go to when something like that happens is, what could I have done differently to prevent what happened to you? Which is, the answer is really nothing, because it's not my karma, it's his karma. So I had to deal with the fact that there was nothing I could do, and that if she had decided that this was it for him, that was going to be it. And she kept telling me to let go, let go, let go. And I was terrified to let go. But she's like, do you believe me or not? So I said, okay, I let go. And then the next day he started coming out. And it was, it was a couple of days of this struggle for me, uh, back and forth, back and forth. It was like 50, 50 hours in a row. Uh, and I was half delirious because I couldn't sleep because I was so scared. And, boy, she really did a number on me because up until the accident, I had been crying for two weeks inconsolably at night, 
terrified that something horrible was going to happen to him. Yeah, yeah. Boom, wow. it happened. You know, so it's, she's like, I'm going to prep you so you see this coming. And I still was fighting it. And it's like, if you fight it, it's going to be harder. Completely. A hundred percent. That's that's really, and I, I I believe that firmly about what you're saying. My my teacher uh, Bao would always talk about intuition. He would say, intuition never has fear in it if it's related to something you're going to go through in your own life. The only time you have fear in your intuition is if something's going to happen to someone else. He said, if someone close yeah. is going to go through something, your intuition goes a fear that is connected to your intuition. He said, but you. He said, your heart knows you can go through anything. So you don't, people don't, mm-hmm. he, goes, he goes, I don't like people having a lot of fearful intuitions about like, oh, I'm getting on a plane, this fear is here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, he said, you're probably not going to crash. That's probably not intuition, that's just fear. You have to know the difference between fear mm-hmm. and intuition. Fear, he would say, it hampers people's intuitive voice. But he said, if something's going to happen to someone else, he said, then your fear is connected to intuition in that way. But there isn't fear in the intuition with the things that we have to go through because our heart knows we can go through anything, including death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's powerful. Absolutely. It really was. I mean, and once the thing happened and he came out of it, uh, the fear left because it was going to be – I could handle everything else after that, after knowing that he was going to make it, it was like, okay, you have finished this particular trial, even though it's his physical body that has gone through this, it is your dark shit that we're excavating through it. So it's been, yeah, I mean, it's been really interesting for the last eight weeks. I will tell you, there have been a lot of things brought to light in my head because you know, as I said, the first thing I went to was this, what did I do to make this happen or what could I have done to stop this from happening? And there's literally nothing you can do because you can't stop someone else from living their life. I mean, if you have, even if you have a date, you may not have a location. If you have the location, you may not have the date. So what do you tell someone to do? Don't ever leave the house. Well, what if they're supposed to have a heart attack? In the house. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So you can't really stop somebody from continuing to live their life even though you have this incredible fear. And for me, I think the fear was definitely about his position in my life, and it really had nothing to do with anything I was going through as far as being hurt uh, physically in an accident. You know, And what you said was absolutely 100%. I believe that. You know, the fear is attached when it's not you. It's attached to when you know a loved one is going to be injured because there's this helplessness and, you you know, this cluelessness of what to do about it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I was – my feeling when you brought it up to me for the first time that he was going to be fine, and, and I really actually yeah. felt that. And, and there are times where I do not feel that. I, I have that more commonly, especially with, with my job. Where people would tell about events, and I'm like, oh wow, I don't feel that's going to go that person's way. Um, but in this case, you, I, I sense, and not that I'm important with that, it doesn't matter to me. I just had that feeling, you know, just feeling because like, okay, yeah, he's going to be okay, you know. And I'm glad that he is. These, these are, these are life experiences. You know, we're, we're in a crazy world right now, and you know, we are in a massive three-year phase, 2020 to 2023. You've been hearing me saying it all Saturn going through Capricorn. It's it's a mess, and it's a real yeah. mess. And we're all being forced into embracing these really deep, dark things. And people that want nothing, and people that have found peace in their life are still having to deal with, like, Russia and still having to deal with a pandemic. Yeah. It's just like we're really being tested. And it's important for people to know because I have somebody, oh, don't you think it's kind of strange that, that Putin's doing the war during a pandemic? I'm like, no, because every pandemic we've had in the past, there's been a war at the same time. I mean, people forget the Spanish flu was <laughs> happening during World War One at the same time. Yeah. And so yeah. there's something about the connection with pandemics and war, but um, you know, I'm paying attention to April 13th to May 1st. And then it's that two week period. There's a, there's so many alignments happening at one time. 
uh, in real astrology, Jupiter goes into Pisces and Neptune goes into Pisces together. That has the potential to create a diplomatic solution with what's going on the planet. It has that potential. Jupiter going to Pisces can lay down some new rules, some new structure. It has potential to open up some new doors. If we're in May 1st and things have gotten darker, then this thing gets grim. This thing gets very, very, very grim. But there are some small potentials of some alignments coming that can can shift some energy around and uh, it'll be May 1st that I start making predictions of what's going to happen. And, you know, yeah, there's that feeling, though. There's that looming feeling of this thing gets bad. Yeah, I have that feeling, too. I, You know, because I don't think people have learned anything. I think, if anything, their their worst natures have come out even further and there's going to have to be a real smackdown in a real sense, and it's going to be worldwide. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, you know, this even the concept of a nuclear war, a lot of people don't know that it only takes a few of those bombs going off for a nuclear winter. And it doesn't take many. These are not the same bombs they're using in the past. Absolutely not. And I've had this conversation where I'm like, you don't understand the Third World War is going to be very fucking short. Uh, Indian gurus, a couple of them have said three months. All it will take. And there you go. That's, several of them said in half of the population. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And then we're, it's crazy we're not talking about next year or 20 years from now. We're talking about maybe next month. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's so much going on yeah. energetically next month, and 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 I have Putin's chart like right in front of me, and he's getting ready to start. Now he's another to me really prime example of like why not to use Western astrology. Who in Western astrology he's a Libra, okay, so, which makes no sense uh-huh. for like a war a war person. Well, in this system he's a Virgo, and Saturn conjuncts his Sun in Virgo, and mm-hmm. which is incredibly mentally critical incredibly mentally uh, judgmental, but he's getting ready to start what we call a Mercury Dasha. Dasha means major, major life cycle. It goes on for 17 years. Strangely enough, it starts right when Biden starts his alignment that I'm concerned about for him. Putin starts one at the exact same time. And Putin's Mercury wow. is in the void, of course. It's completely black, which explains the mentality, the mental state of Putin, because in Asturian astrology, his Mercury is at zero zero point six degrees Libra. It means it's in the zero degrees. It's six minutes into Libra. When a planet is at zero degrees, it's in what we call my book Asturian astrology. And we, we call it the Mark of Hecate. And what that actually means is there's a darkness to that planet. Well, this is his mind we're talking about. And the alignment yeah. he goes into in the fall highlights incredible mental illness. I mean, it, we already know that, but the level of mental illness is really strong. He's got a Saturn-Sun conjunction in Virgo, making him highly critical. His Mercury is in the sign of, or the degree of total darkness, and most significant of all, a conjunction between the south node, K2, and Pluto under the star of Hydra. And that Mm. gives him internally a problem with that light ego we were talking about earlier. It creates a Mm. fanatical part of him that we really don't know much about, that I'm learning about. So I learned recently where a lot of his uh, anger at Ukraine came from, it had a lot to do with uh, Russian Orthodox religions that were once there, that Ukraine wanted moved out and wanted them to be freedom churches where you could actually experience uh, Christianity in any which way, way you wanted. And so Ukraine started expelling, um, you know, Russian Orthodox ministers. This is like about three or four years ago. And that infuriated Putin, who is strongly linked spiritually to these Russian Orthodox ministers who are now telling him that Ukraine is evil for doing that, and dark, satanic, all these other things, Nazis, all these. So you add the religious component, this is the problem with the light mind. I said what's good or bad is different from culture to culture. So now we have a deranged person who thinks he's doing good by doing what he's doing in the world and might even be 
thinking that he's doing good if he creates Armageddon. So it, yeah. his retreat yeah. right now is going to come back with something real negative unless we find a way to stop it. I don't even know what chance there is of that because this is a course that has been in motion for a hell of a lot longer than I would like to admit because I can, if you track it all back, I mean, this is like, you know, it's just the natural progression, unfortunately, of where this all was heading anyway. As you have a fundamentalist mindset ruling any kind of population, the more power you know, it's the whole thing of absolute power corrupts absolutely. And it's like this thing that feeds on itself and just grows and grows until it either takes over everything or is removed. It's, there's never a happy medium in this kind of situation. This is a, an everything or nothing scenario. And I don't know if folks realize, I think people realize it to some extent, but once you say it out loud and you admit that, that this is what's happening, it kind of makes you wonder, what, you know, for some people it's like, why are we bothering to do anything if it's all going to go down? You know, I mean, yes, there's always hope, but it just, to me, it feels like a very dark side of the scenario is going to really happen. Yeah, and it's, you know, you've heard me talking about it on your show for 10 years. Yep. Know, about that, okay. and and I've only stayed away from making predictions. My job was trying to find a timeline for it, which I picked this year because of one simple alignment that's already started. Rahu going into Aries. Rahu is the planet of chaos. Mm-hmm. It's the North Node. This is one of the reasons why Western astrologers aren't good at predicting these things is they don't understand the nodes at all. Oh, the North Node is your future. The South Node is your past. That has never been the case past the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. These, these were the demons. These, these created eclipses that blocked out the sun and the moon. They could eat the sun, to eat the sun right out of the sky. That's how the ancients, Peru, Egypt, India, everyone saw the North and South Node as monsters. So you take the planet of chaos, the North Node, Rahu, move it into Aries, the god of war, you got war. That's how easy the prediction is to make. Yeah. It's easy. These are not hard. When yeah. you use real astrology... Oh, the pandemic started when Pluto and Saturn conjunct together and went into Capricorn, the sign of confinement, at the same time. Okay, so easy prediction to make. So is this war. Yes. It's easy to predict. But nevertheless, the outcome of it, you know, we'll see. You know, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do, you know, everything in my thought process to kind of hold on to the potential of some kind of diplomatic solution. But we already know that. We already know there's some other feeling out there that this thing gets crazy. And, um, you know, that one Indian that predicted 9-11 and talked about the Third World War II, he did say, and you've heard me say it on your show before, America removes yeah. Russia off the map. He said that. And, and you can yeah. see the potential of that actually happening. His exact words, we'll see if they happen. This is not my prediction, this is his. Mine was taking his predictions because yeah. I believed in him and finding a timeline for them, which is this year. Yeah. Um, he said that there would be secret intelligence telling an Amer- telling like the you know the government of America I don't remember his exact words on this that Russia was going to launch a nuclear attack on the United States and we would launch it first and it would remove Russia off the planet and I could actually see that happening wow and i just want people to understand that that does not mean that America escapes unscathed or that the good guys necessarily have won. I think there's a very, uh, there's this this modality that you want to think of everything as very black and white, and it's it's not at all any of that. Uh, There's there's evil out there on all sides. Every side has problems. Uh, and it, and just because America is predicted to do this particular thing, it does not mean that it will go without any kind of damage. There's going to be lives lost, period. There's going to be destruction, period. You already know this. It, the question is how much. Yep. I mean, and that's my, my feeling about it all, too. He did state the three safest places to be 
which one of them blew my mind. And again, if you go back to some old shows, you hear me say this, would be Australia, Switzerland, and America. What is so crazy about that is Putin has his girlfriend in a bunker in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. I heard that, that, that shows you his intentions. Too. Why is she in a bunker in Switzerland? Yeah. That shows you where he's going. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. I and you know it's very Christian, quote unquote, to want to bring about Armageddon because it fulfills their prophecy. That's right. In, in you know it's Bible, but the problem with all of that is is when you have to create a reality to support your mythology, and that's what's actually happening. It's not that what they have given us is true. It's that the only way they can justify everything they have done and said is to force it to be true this way. So be careful when somebody, you know, who is Christian tells you, we told you the end was coming, we told you. No, 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 no. They told us, and they didn't see the end coming, because if you'll recall, Jade, over the past 20, 30 years, there's like two or three times per year where everybody starts screaming, this is the date, this is the date, and it's never the date. And I think because we've all called this bullshit out, they're like, well, you know, we, we have to give people the reason to believe, and, and it's to make the signs happen because this is what God wants. Because things get very convoluted when you have zealotry of this nature. And I I see it all over. Again, when someone tells you facts don't matter, if facts don't matter, the conversation is done, period. These people, and, and I say this because this is my mom, my own mother is one of these people, they will do anything to be right. It doesn't mean they're right. It, it means the desperation is there to create a reality that supports their mythology. And that's, you know, Period. you heard me talk about Agora, and we believe mm-hmm. that part of the ego has to be destroyed, that I am holier than thou, I mm-hmm. am greater than you, I am higher than you. That, we believe, is the stain. So really, even this earlier conversation about Agora bleeds right into this conversation. Mm-hmm. We, because a, a Christian can have that. A Wiccan can have that. A Buddhist can have that. Sure. Well, I am holier than now, and I need my predictions to become real now. We, this is the part of the ego we believe is the darkest stain because it disguises itself as light. Like in, in mm-hmm. a, my, even my teacher who, did, who didn't believe in Christianity at all, he said it is what Christians are referring to, the Luciferian, like the pride disguising itself as light, where a lot of spiritual people get caught in their own false holiness, and that becomes a stain that starts harming everyone around them. This we're seeing at a global level. Trump was another version of that, yeah. too. Absolutely. Yep. And what he's left in his wake are all of these laws undoing the things that we held dear as something that separates America from other countries, you know, that that whole thing about American exceptionalism, you know, we allow people to choose who they love. We allow people to choose their path in life. We allow women to choose how to take care of their bodies and whether or not to have a child. And all of these things are being stripped, all of them, one by one by one. And quickly, quickly, you know, the bill in Texas um, has reached several states just because you may not have heard about it in your state yet, I, I promise you, you can trust and believe they are working on it. They will try to figure it out any way, any possible uh, loophole they can find, even in places that are known as being liberal. Because once the Supreme Court, this is why I kept screaming about the Supreme Court every presidential election and every uh, midterm election, y'all hear me screaming about the Supreme Court. This is why. We are a breath hair away from losing every right that we have accomplished. We are about to be turned into a Christian nation if we do not stand up and fight this because it's happening. It is happening every day. Watch the news. I promise you, you will see it everywhere. I've heard it. I have already heard it. Yep. Yeah, and they're coming for us. Trust me. They may not be saying paganism. They may not be saying witchcraft. They may not be saying any of the specific words, 
But anyone who is not them is going to be a target. And trust me, we are going to be a very large target. I just believe it. I do as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a really crazy time. Now, astrologically, we are we are in this phase, America's Sade Sate, that alignment of dark energy starts to peak all summer long. And mm. we age we're going into is a, and it's hard to see it now, is a female-based age, which means right now the dark mother is scooping out the darkest shit. It means it's got to come up from the dark and then expose itself in the future as false. Um, so we will see these things, but it takes time and a lot of damage is going to be done in the process. But these things will not be in the age we're going into. Um, but so it all has to come be purified. But we're talking about a you know a 50 year cycle in astrology. So I'm not talking yeah. about the immediate future. Um, we just have to have this stuff come up, and it's awful. And I, I hope we make some changes in this arena here too, if it's even possible. It would be great. Uh, you know, there's always that hope that you know, there can be a solution that doesn't mean as much death and destruction as my feeling is, but because I don't know. And I, I, you know, I try not to predict stuff. I'm, I'm scared by things because I watch the news a lot and I pay attention and I, I have people on the show who talk to me about what they are seeing in the world. And it, it gives you pause, you know. It gives you reason to think, hmm, maybe things are really not going to be okay in the long run you know well they will in the long long run i won't be here for this i mean i'm already 60 you know the my days ahead are much shorter you know i may see a lot more but i'm not going to see all of this explode the way it might you know now some of y'all might some of you guys listening might but you know until until more things happen It's, you know, things have to reach either a natural conclusion or a natural progression. And the Putin thing has been ongoing. That that aggression has been going on and on and on and on. And now you have Americans, for whatever reason, suddenly jumping to his defense, which I find completely insane. It's insane. I I don't even recognize. I don't recognize our country anymore in a lot of areas because of the, just the mishmash of information and some of it's, I don't know how it got in there. I mean, you know, starting with the pandemic situation, you know, don't get the shot, don't wear the mask, you're impinging on my freedoms. Trump gets the shot and says, oh, you should get the shot. When they boo him, he's like, oh, no, 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 you can choose, you can choose, you fucking piece of shit. You know that people need to get this vaccination. You know you've been treated for it. We all saw you. We saw you sick. We saw you sweating. We saw that you could barely walk the front lawn to the helicopter to get you to Andrews, to get you to the hospital. We saw it. You know? Don't stop pretending we didn't see this happen. We saw and it happen on like, TV. He, he's, on TV. He's literally like the god of dumb people. Like, I'm not joking. He's the god of dumb people. <laughs> I know. And that's the only way I can describe mm-hmm. it. It's because I don't want to give him too much authority over any type of spiritual realm of having power over people. But he was able to influence people right. that just cannot seem to think for themselves. It's crazy. It amazes me how, how base so many people still are that they would want their most negative impulses supported and encouraged and and shining in the light of day as as nothing to be embarrassed about. I remember when people were embarrassed to be found out for their negative thoughts and the terrible things they really feel. We're now in a place where they're encouraged to express it. It's like, that's so disgusting. I mean, I'm glad I know where these idiots are now, but the fact (laughs) of the matter is, is that who wants to give air to this kind of negativity because they feed on each other and they lie to each other and they give each other misinformation, you know? I mean, the, how many people have died from not getting the COVID vaccination? You know, even Meatloaf, who said, um, 
no, 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 I, I have a right, and if I'm going to, well, um, if I die, I die. Well, guess what, motherfucker, you died. Congratulations for your freedom. You also have the freedom to die. I hope you didn't have the freedom to spread your shit to people in your family. I, I mean, I yeah, don't know no what else kidding. to say about it. No kidding. It's crazy. It's just crazy. It is. Even but Ted Nugent, Jade, I have ultimate re- I, Right? Right? Yeah, I know. Ted Nugent. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, nuts. Oh, oh. But anyway, Jade, I've talked your ear off for another hour. I have done it again to you. I am so sorry. But I adore you, and I'm so glad you come on and, and, you know, you speak the truth. And it's important. You know, it's nice to be hopeful, but the truth is going to win out no matter if it's positive or not. So, you know, I'm just glad that, you know, you come on and, you know, you're not hyperbolic about it. But you just say, listen, this is what it is. You know, these are the facts. Well, so thank you I really appreciate so much that. for having me on again. I love coming on the show. I love having you. You're wonderful. And please have a wonderful, successful everything that you do. And my regards to the lovely Lilith. And uh, I will contact you and we will set up some more dates. And it's, again, been such a pleasure and you know, you're fantastic, and I really appreciate it. I'll be looking forward to it. Wonderful. All right, you take care now. Talk to you soon. All righty. Okay, everybody, that's it for today. I will be back on Friday. I think I'm back on Friday. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, y'all have a great week. Talk to you soon.